Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. First of all, when the lights come on, the freaks come out at night. So, you know, when they come on, it's time to shine. You're listening to the From the Pink Seats podcast, powered by the State of Louisville Network. Welcome back to another episode of From the Pink Seats. I am Jacob Lane alongside my co-host, Matt McGavick, and we've got a really great episode for you. Uh, It's hard to believe that we're just a few weeks away from the end of the 2020 college football season, and uh, it's been an interesting season for Louisville, Matt, obviously not the way that we expected it to go. But as we kind of gear towards the offseason, one thing that's going to become interesting to watch is the NFL draft and what happens with some of the players that are on Louisville's roster now as they make decisions and some that have already made decisions. So to get into that, we wanted to bring an expert onto the show to talk about not only college football, uh, but also the NFL draft. He also covers fantasy football a little bit. Uh, Let's welcome in Shane Hallam, who covers uh, fantasy football, college football, uh, and NFL draft for draftsite.com and fakepidskin.com. Shane, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I appreciate you having me on. So some of my uh, favorite uh, prospects play for Louisville. So it's going to be a fun talk for sure. Yeah, well, you don't hear that very often, so that means we're we're gonna have yeah. some good conversation. Tonight. Yeah, but before we segue into the next segment, I, I got to hear who these favorite prospects are. Let, let me guess, Lamar Jackson's probably gonna be on that list. <laughs> no, no, I, I, look, I mean, I, I mean, for this year, I, I think I think they have some fun. You know, I'm a big fantasy football guy too, so I'm always looking for the next running back at next receiver. So I mean, I mean, we're talking skill position, and, and to me, that's always exciting. Absolutely. Well, before we get into talking about Louisville specifically and the the upcoming NFL draft, just tell me about uh, as somebody who covers this for for a living and spends a lot of their time watching tape and following certain players. How weird has it been trying to prepare for a draft and a college football season in the middle of a pandemic compared to others? Uh, It's tough. (laughs) You know, it's so hard this year because, you know, before the season, I kind of go back. I I watched some of some of that film from last year and you just expect to have kind of a a breadth of film from this season to be able to watch, watch, you know, every player is going to play a good team or two. And, you know, because it's been just conference, we haven't had some of the big out of conference. Um, it, It makes it really tough. We've had, you know, having guys opt out. Uh, before the season, a couple games in, or just now, it's like, well, I, I want to see that bowl game, right? That's always a big uh, scouting thing. And um, so it, it's been strange. There's been a lot of prospects that all the traits are there, but I haven't seen them play a good team. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, there's a lot of I don't knows, which, which uh, always sounds bad if you're, you know, trying to talk about these guys and say, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think, I think we have more of that. So I think it's going to make, uh, any of the seniors playing in the senior bowl or the shrine game, I think that's going to be a little more important. The, the um, combine is going to be more important. I, I think a lot of that is going to play more into this um, than we want to think. And so it, it's been, it's been a struggle all around for me, for sure. Yeah. You said there's a lot of, I don't know, as I know it, how, 
try and quantify it as much as you can. How, how much harder is it to try and evaluate some of these prospects given the amount of film that they have versus last year? Since you're having to look at a lot of their film from last year because you have a, a full season's worth there, the regular season, the conference championship if they make it that far, and then a bowl game if they make it to that versus this year, like with teams with Ohio State and Wisconsin, the Big Ten didn't get started until, what was it, October? Wisconsin was off for three weeks. Ohio State's having issues. I mean, other teams, not just the Big Ten, like the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and basically everyone's had issues. How, how, how much harder if you could like give it a, a good estimate, how much harder is it to try and give a, an evaluation of a prospect that you feel good about? I, I think it is. Um, I, I think it's kind of extremely hard to feel good, feel like really good about my evaluation. Right. I don't think I, I you know, I, I don't want to say that I like can't evaluate a player. She can go back and watch last year. But so many times, you know, I've been doing this since 2004, so many times when I watch a player kind of preseason, I'm getting ready, and then I watch their last season, and they improve so much or change so much or get worse, right? That happens often. This year, I haven't been able to do that. You know, it's been really hard to say, oh, this player's gotten better or this player's gotten worse, um, you know, and then and then toss in some of these schools that have only played two games, like it's really hard to evaluate the, the Ohio state prospects. It's really hard to, to evaluate, um, you know, anyone from a small school. I mean, hasn't played or has played one game. What do you, what are you supposed to do with that? Uh, you know, I, and I think you can't just go back to last year and say, this is the guy. Cause it's not, you know, it's a year later. That's not the player anymore. And we just don't know who that player is. Uh, I'll, I'll give one quick example of potential first round, quarterback Zach Wilson from BYU is a player everyone's in love with I mean he has the traits he's throwing balls up he's blocking it in he hasn't played a defense worth anything this season and every team he played last year that had a good defense he stunk he was really bad so what does that mean I don't know you know uh, if he goes in the top 10 I think it's a big risk he looks like I mean, a perfect NFL quarterback. He looks like a guy that's going to be Justin Herbert, what Justin Herbert's doing as a rookie. But I haven't seen him play anyone any, that's any good. So to, to me, I think that's what the difficulty is. Can you really say that this guy's a top 10 pick? Or uh, are we just projecting, you know, uh, or, you know, even a guy like Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State, played one game, wasn't great. Uh, last year was really good. Where does he fit? You know, it, it's just so hard, I think, to evaluate these players now because of that. And so... Um, I think everyone can say, oh, I can watch last year and know who the guy is, but that's, that's rarely true. Players change for good and for bad. And, and we're just not seeing that full picture this year. Yeah. And one of the things you mentioned at the top was, was opt outs and how hard it is to kind of gauge, you know, players who are going to spend the year working out and preparing for the draft versus actually being on the field and having tape that they can, that they can show, you know, how their season went and where they improved. Um, Louisville was very fortunate for most of the season to not have an opt out player. Uh, but as the season went on, things changed. Javian Hawkins, you know, monster season coming off that, that big breakout red shirt freshman season, but gets to a point where there's a COVID outbreak on Louisville's team. His roommate is somebody who is infected with the virus and he changes mind about the season and the way that it goes and he opts out. Let's, let's just start with Javian Hawkins in general. What did you see last year that kind of piqued your interest and what you saw on the first seven games he played? Uh, was there anything more there that you didn't see last year that said, okay, this is an NFL running back. This is a guy who can be, you know, this, this round pick or, you know, late in the draft, whatever the case is. Uh, I just give your kind of general thoughts. I'm one of the biggest Javion Hawkins fans that you will find. No, no lie on, on the podcast that I do. We talk about him all the time because we really like him. I mean, I, I thought last year 
watching a, a guy that's a redshirt freshman that you know wasn't supposed to be the starter, right? I mean, going going into the season, uh, Javian Hawkins wasn't a player that I had circled. I thought a song Hall was going to be the starter, and that's who we're going to see. And then you know this 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 redshirt freshman comes out of nowhere and um, just can't be stopped. I mean, playing against really good defenses. Uh, I, I think that that Clemson game as, you know, as poorly as the Louisville offense played as a whole, the fact that Javian Hawkins got the penetration that he got, had a few big runs. I mean, it, I think that's what really propelled me to say, okay, this is a guy that can play. Then you put up a, a 200 yard game later. I mean, he was, he was just he's so athletic in short space, so elusive, so hard to bring down. Uh, I said, this, this is a guy I really got to watch. And so he was definitely on my radar for this year. I want to see what he could do. The, the biggest question I had coming into the year for him, uh, just because of his usage in the offense, was pass catching. You know, if, if you're, you know, he's, he's a shorter back, he's a little smaller back, you want someone that can catch the football. He didn't do that very much his freshman year. And this year, uh, he answered that question. That was the biggest question I had, and he answered it. I mean, he was used in the passing game, at, you know, every week. And in college, you generally don't have running backs catching a ton of passes. So if you get a couple a game, um, you know, average a couple a game, that's good enough for me. And I thought he looked like a natural hands catcher. I think that's, I think that moved his stock from, you know, a third day pick to a potential second day pick when he has that in there. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I was super excited to see him um, continue to have success. Uh, I thought, the, the offense really struggled a little bit more than I expected for Louisville. I thought they really could have been a lot better, but Hawkins was kind of the shining star um, of that offense for sure. So, I, I, yeah, I think the future is bright for him. There's, you know, there's a couple factors in the offseason that will be big, but um, I, I think the future is bright for him. Yeah, out of all the offensive weapons that Louisville has, um, unquestionably, Javion Hawkins is probably the brightest star on there. You mentioned that a lot of people think he's going to be a second-day selection. Do you think, given his body of work and what he was able to do last year and in the in the half season he played this year, do you think maybe a NFL team could like him in the offseason mu- enough to the point where they might want to risk a first-round pick on him? I, I think it'll be tough um, for a few reasons. I mean, look, he's he's my RB4 in this class right now, which is probably higher than most people in the NFL probably even have him. Um, but I think he would need to bulk up, right? He would have to get, uh, I think, above that 200 mark uh, for the combine. He'd have to still run, I mean, four threes. He'd have to be in the four threes, I think, at that size. I'm not sure that's going to happen. I don't, I don't think that will happen. I think that's what it would take to say maybe this, you know, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire situation, maybe this is a guy that we take at the back end of the first. Um, I, I, I think it's highly unlikely, but and I think it's the nature of the position. Just running backs, not a position teams are going to take. I think maybe we have one, um, you know, one to two two running backs taken in the first round this year. Uh, so, so I think Hawkins is in that next tier. Um, I, th- I don't. I think it's possible if he, you know if he comes out and blazes, then he kind of checks all the boxes. He has multiple big seasons. He he broke out very young. He can catch the football. He's fast and he's big enough. Um, I don't think teams are worried about his height. I, I think being short helps at running back in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, I have him as a third to fourth round pick. I think if he runs in the four fours, the combine, like I said, bulks up to around 200 pounds. It would squarely for me put him in the late second to third round. 
So let's talk a little bit about what his role is in the NFL, because I think that a lot of talk about him is going to be his size. He's he 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 runs like he's six two two fifteen, but he's five nine one ninety six. You talked about trying to get him over the two bill mark, uh, but he broke a lot of tackles for as small as he is. He was an every down back for the most part in both seasons that he's been here. But when you look at the NFL, there's not a lot of guys that his size that are three down backs. Guys at his size and a little smaller are coming in and um, you know pass catching situations and. And they're there to be able to run, to be able to kind of do a diff- couple of different things in, in, in uh, you know, those dynamic RPO offenses. But him, he has the potential to be an every down back, right? I mean, is that something you see with him in the NFL? Or do you envision a team drafting him and putting him in there as a third down player or, um, you know, somebody who's in a specialty role? I personally think he could be an every down back. I think he's shown that ability. Like you said, he plays much bigger than he is and still has that short area quickness and elusiveness. So, you know, he, he can run you over at his size and, um, and make you miss. So I think those two things combined bode well for him. I think teams will still be scared off uh, with the size, you know, even if he does bulk up a little bit, I think they'll still say, well, you know, I don't think he's going to be brought in to be the guy, but as we've seen, that doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of guys that have been brought in to not be the guy to be um, a, a complimentary piece and turn into a three-down running back when they're really good. I think that's what's going to happen with Javion Hawkins. I think someone will probably bring him in that has, um, you know, has not necessarily a, a, a top-tier established running back. Not, you know, it's not going to be a, a Dalvin Cook or, or Ezekiel Elliott or anything. But I think someone will have him that has I maybe mean, a good running back there and expect him to be a complimentary piece. And I think, I think he can run away with that job. So I think we're going to hear a lot about him. He's the third down running back. He's a gadget back. We're going to hear that. We're going to hear that for, for months and months. But, you know, get to the preseason, get to the NFL. I think we see some different things. All right, well, let's move forward a little bit and talk about Tutu Atwell. He's the next guy on the list for Louisville in terms of NFL potential. I thought going into this season that with a big year, the number of receivers that had opted out early from the Big Ten and the Pac-12, maybe he could sneak into the first round. He's dealt with some injury issues. Quarterback play for Louisville has not been nearly as good as it was last year, but you're talking about a guy who had 1,500 yards receiving as a sophomore um, and, and really was one of the most unique players in Louisville football history, in my opinion, with just what he did and what he brought to the field. When you watch his tape, what do you see? What do you like? What do you don't like? And what do you kind of envision for his NFL career? I mean, on, on film that speed shows like it's legitimate. And that that's always the question. You can have a guy that is, is a track athlete and, you know, um, can run a, a, a low four three, but uh, does he do it on the football field? I think Tutu Atwell is one of those players that has that on the football field. I really would have liked to see him dominate more this season. Like you said, I, I think, I think that maybe there were some nagging injuries uh, just watching some of these games, you know, it coming back against Syracuse. I was, you know, this was a game I expected him to dominate. I don't think he was fully healthy um, and the offense just hasn't been there for him. So um, I think that's what's going to kind of be the knock. I, I, I was with you. I, I think the first round was a real possibility. Hollywood Brown esque you know, if he would have really would have dominated this season, had really big numbers again. Um, but, you know, what I'll tell you is I think the analytics crowd really love him and you know a lot of teams are moving in that direction a guy that broke out as young as he did that has the speed um and you know once again if if he gets a little bit bigger for the combine and still runs um a low four three i mean that's that's just gonna check all those boxes for for those teams that really like to focus in on the analytics i think more are doing that so 
he's someone I think right now, kind of kind of like Javon Hawkins, is on that day two fringe. Um, but I expect that to go up. He's going to work out extremely well. And, you know, every team wants their Tyree kill. They want their Hollywood Brown. They want their Henry Ruggs, right? Like everyone wants that guy. And I think, I think um, Tutu Atwell can be that player. I think there's some fear that he is a little bit more just kind of straight line speed um, that, he, you know, he doesn't quite have the wiggle in, in the route tree and routes. I think last year, that, that really wasn't a focus for him. I haven't seen him improve too much this season. So that's, that's probably my biggest fear is just that, you know, this, this isn't a number one receiver. This isn't someone I can put up against the top corners in the NFL and he's going to be able to shake them um, with technique. Uh, so, you know, I think that hurts him and kind of pushes him into that second day mix um, with a good workout. So I, I'm still excited about him. I think to do what he did last season uh, is, is, was pretty, pretty darn special for his age. Yeah, you actually were able – you just answered what I was going to ask you. A lot of people um, in the the draft uh, area like to chalk Tutu Atwell as someone who's just a straight-line runner, just a nine-route runner, doesn't really have a, a huge route tree, just wants to just streak down the field and go. And I've seen a lot of people not cut, taking that into account, put him in like third, fourth, maybe even fifth round due to a lot of his uh, his size too. We were just talking about uh, Javion Atwell – not Javion Atwell, I believe <laughs> – we're recording this at night, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Javian Hawkins being at 5'9". Tutu Atwell is all, also 5'9", but he instead of being just four pounds away from 200, he's 165. Do you think um, maybe how, how his frame could probably impact him a little bit as well as his, his uh, route running ability? I, th- I think it will. I think for sure if he was doing what he did and running how he runs at 190, then – you know, we're having a much different conversation. Um, even if he does still doesn't have the route tree now, there's some big potential there. And, and you know, I, I think, I think the the size, the weight is a little bit overrated in terms of, oh, well, you know, he needs to bulk up. He needs to be uh, 185 to 200 pounds. I think the NFL is getting away from that. If you have a creative offensive coordinator that can find ways to use uh, him on jet sweeps and screens and, you know, um, have him in motion and be able to, to kind of get off the line in motion. There's a lot of things that you can do. Um, you know, I have him right now as my wide receiver 15 in terms of who's eligible. It doesn't mean all those players above him will come out. Um, so, you know, that, that, that uh, uh, could be a change too. Um, and it's a really good receiver class. Once again, like it was last season, I think that hurts him as well. But um, I, I, I think, I think there's going to be a team that just wants that player and there's not too many other guys, you know, like him. Maybe you have some first rounders like Jalen Waddle and Rondale Moore. I think once those guys are off the board, now Tutu Atwell becomes really attractive to a team that wants that speed. Um, and, you know, coaches think they can develop players. So, yeah, maybe he is more of a nine route guy. I'd say that's um, selling him a little bit short. Uh, but coaches maybe can see that, hey, I think we can develop this guy and he can be a stud then you get pushed up the boards. So uh, I, I think after the combine, we'll, we'll put him pretty squarely in that second day. If you were his agent or, you know, on the board of the NFL advisory committee, that's kind of given this feedback, what would you tell him about his decision, you know, after the, the season on whether to stay at Louisville or to go ahead and come out of the draft and, and, and be eligible for 2021? Um, it, it's a good question. Cause I think he's one of those guys kind of in a tough spot. You could stay next year's probably going to be a little weaker, at receiver, so there's some potential to move up. Uh, but at the same time, I think if I was his agent, I think I'd say just come out, 
um, you're probably not going to increase your stock by staying, right? You know, even even if the quarterback stays, you're probably not going to have a you know 1,800-yard season. So I'd say come out, get the money while you can, and start working on it. And I'm in the same boat as well. I've said from the beginning of the season, I thought both guys, meaning Hawkins and Atwell, would become out after this season because there wasn't going to be much left to prove. They'd show for the second year that they could put up big numbers and that they would move on. One thing I do want to bring alert to here is, I don't know if you know this, but Tutu Atwell's been clocked at running a 4-2-7-40. I, I am, if he doesn't put on a ton more weight and he goes to the combine, that record of John Ross's might be something to watch to see if he can get up there. It might be closer to, to Tyreek Hill, Chris Johnson in the 4-2-4, 4-2-7 range. But definitely something to watch as the combine gets closer if Atwell does move on. All right, let's talk about another wide receiver. Des Fitzpatrick has been uh, in Louisville for what feels like 17 years now, fifth-year senior. From the day he stepped onto the field as a redshirt freshman in Lucas Oil Stadium with Lamar Jackson at his quarterback, we knew he was headed to the NFL. He is a special talent. Uh, and more than that, he is a special person and a special um, kid from, by all accounts, anyone who's ever interacted with him. He's a guy who's, you know, been unfortunately impacted by quarterback play in 2018, a little bit last year. Um, he's having a, a better season overall production wise. But when we talked to his father this offseason after they announced they were coming back to Louisville, he told us that the NFL scouts, the NFL analysts that he talked to told him they wanted to see more production. They want to see more in numbers on the field to be comfortable with what he is. In my opinion, you won't find a bigger Des Fitzpatrick fan than me. I, I, his route running is NFL professional-like. It's, it's unbelievable. So let me ask you, Shane, what do you think about Des Fitzpatrick? And where do you think that he kind of sits right now in terms of an NFL prospect? I think he's intriguing. And like you said, he checks that box of production. You know, that was the big thing is, you know, is this guy ever going to be um, – be a receiver that can show that he can take over a game. Uh, I think that this, uh, this past game against Boston college really showed that um, if there were, you know, still questions uh, after some good play this season, I think he's helped himself. I think he's put himself really in a squarely, you know, draftable category. Um, and he, he ha- does those little things. Well, I mean, you can tell he's tough. He, he works hard. He has the route running down. You know, he's, I, I don't think he's, he's a, a blazer by any means, but he has enough athleticism, I think, to play at the next level. Uh, you know, I think that question, the question's still going to linger of, is he a starter in the NFL? Probably not, you know, but can you get a good reserve receiver? You have some injuries. He can come in and be productive. You know, I think that's what Des Fitzpatrick's role is going to be. Um, I, th- I think the age can hurt a little bit uh, since he's been around so long. Uh, it's, you know, do we have time to develop this player? But look, we had a 24-year-old receiver in Van Jefferson get drafted by the Rams in the second round last year. You know, so some teams don't care too much about that. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think he's a good player. I think he can be one of those players that outperforms his draft position. Um, but uh, I think athletic testing is going to be huge for him. If he comes in and tests really well athletically and kind of showcases that, I think teams will give him um, a, a little bit more of a look. Uh, so I have him kind of squarely in the third day mix. Um, and I, I'm really int- just interested to see what, what receivers go back to school. I think will help him push him up. Right now I have him at wide receiver 27 amongst everyone that's eligible. Uh, so, uh, you know, he could get pushed up that board a little bit. And uh, I think he will and he will get drafted. And like Jacob said, he uh, Des Patrick is probably Louisville's most complete receiver in a while, at least in five years. I mean, he's six two. He's got good. He's got good size. Two ten. His hands are amazing. His route. His route running is next level. He's got 
he's got a decent amount of speed, not blazing like you said, but it's more so than a lot of people want to give him credit for. If he wants to succeed at the next level, what aspect of Des Fitzpatrick's game do you think he needs to work on the most? I, I think in terms of improvement, um, it, it's really going to be to um, kind of do the, those those little things off the line. Uh, I think that's probably one of the areas where he struggles is um, almost kind of that athletic ability off the line of scrimmage. I think he starts off a little slow. I think that really hurt him last season uh, because he's a name I think that's kind of been in the draft community for a while, right? Cause he's been around for a while and he was a good recruit. Uh, and so I, watching him before the season uh, and even this year a little bit, that was the area where I thought that he struggled. I, I think that's where the NFL will really take advantage of you if you can't get that first step off the line quick. So, um, so, you know, I think there's just some, you know, footwork things, with with that that maybe play into athletic ability because i think he's a really good route runner i think when he gets going um you know he can be he's beat some really good corners this season uh just with you know with uh one cut ability and kind of putting his foot in and and moving on some of those um curls and slants i thought he's done really well at that Uh, but i think getting off the line is probably the one area where i think he's not at an nfl level yet and uh that's probably my most glaring weakness right now uh, now, talking about all these different skill positions for Louisville football's offense, obviously it all starts with the quarterback position. Malik Cunningham was an afterthought in 2018 as a redshirt freshman, but had a huge season last year and, uh, you know, was in a lot of statistics that that were um, eye-popping, you know, with Joe Burrow and Justin Fields and some of these big-name quarterbacks who um, have real NFL and Heisman potential. Um, and this year, I think there's a lot more people saying, I wonder if he can be an NFL quarterback. Heading into the season, was there any thought in your mind of maybe he was an NFL quarterback or there were certain things that you were wanting to see before you were willing to put him there? Um, or were you kind of expecting him to kind of have a breakout season this year and prove it this year? Uh, he was on my list of guys that I thought would really explode this year. Um, I mean, when you when I, I love Javion Hawkins, I really like Tutu Atwell. Des Fitzpatrick has a lot of experience and Malik Cunningham had a couple games that really wowed me. I said, this is the offense, you know, this could be a contender in the ACC just by putting up points. Uh, so I really came into the year with high expectations and, you know, I, I think he's fallen short of those expectations for the most part for me, uh, which, you know, which stinks. Um, but you know, sometimes that's the burden of the quarterback with the weight on your shoulders. Do you, in your opinion, with what you've seen on tape this year, he's, you know, I think that in some areas of his game, he's improved. He's taken, you know, step forward in, in some areas, but the turnovers have been glaring. I think that you could be fair to say that he's a one read quarterback, that there's really not much glancing the field and being able to make throws maybe to the far sideline. Do you think he's a guy that, you know, can continue to play the quarterback position and, and improve and become an NFL quarterback and uh, some level? Or do you think he's got to switch positions and really focus on that athleticism that he has? whether that be a wide receiver running back like is that something that you think would be on the radar for him long term look I think in today's NFL he can play quarterback um, and, and I think Lamar Jackson's a big reason why that's a real possibility now um, but I think there are still flashes with Cunningham's game you watch that Miami game and there there were moments there were passes I mean he has a really good arm that can hit tough spots on the field uh, you toss in that athletic ability it's like, I mean, th- this could really work. Uh, I really I really feel like there are those flashes of NFL potential with him. So I, I really, I want him to stay. I want him to have another year. I, I want him to, 
you know, next year, hopefully do well enough to go to a senior bowl, to go to an all-star game. You know, I, I think that potential is there for him that could, that could happen. Um, but I, I think what happened to me and you guys probably know more than I do in terms of uh, what happened with him, but I really felt like teams adjusted right last season, the end of the season, he comes in and uh, you know, teams really are were defenses were trying to do some more complex things against him. Um, some zone reads, zone blitzes, disguise some coverages. And that's really where he struggled is, as you said, one read he's throwing the ball where he's not. And so when teams figure that out, they're going to figure out what that read is. It's not too hard to figure out for most plays. And they're going to disguise that coverage to try to bait you into throwing an interception or, you know, making knowing that you're going to take off. And I think that's really what's happened um, with him. So I hope, you know, the offense can evolve a little bit, that he can evolve a little bit. Uh, that, that's probably my goal. You were pretty spot on with talking about being a one read guy. Cause there, there were several times this season where he's either staring down a receiver or he makes a throw where he just flat out does not see a defender. That's pretty squarely in the area or just flat out right in front of him. Do you think that if he does want to stay uh, at the quarterback position, do you, has he hurt his draft stock to the point where he might not get drafted at all as a QB? Yeah, I, I think that's a real possibility. You know, I think if you would declare, uh, it's possible someone takes a chance on that athletic upside late. But I, I, I think his stock is similar to um, Utah's quarterback last year, Tyler Huntley, who was probably in that mix for a late round guy. Ray, the Ravens picked him up as an undrafted free agent, right, to, to kind of fit that mold. I think that's what has to happen formally Cunningham. Um, maybe a team like Arizona drafts some late, right, to be a, a, a third third guy to um, Kyler Murray I think at this point um, so I think he has hurt his draft stock to a point where uh, being undrafted is real possibility Uh, so that's why I would say go go you know stay in school for another year get more experience try to develop that mental side of the game Um, and and if he can do that the sky's the limit I mean that upside's the limit and we've seen quarterbacks turn things around in a year it's not out of the question um, I, I definitely would give him another shot because that potential is definitely there. When I've looked at the 2021 NFL draft shortly after the 2020 draft wrapped up earlier this year uh, at the Louisville prospects, and I kind of mapped out who could be drafted and who is kind of the, the next round of guys. Obviously it started with JV and Hawkins, Tutu Atwell, Des Fitzpatrick, Malik Cunningham. And then from there, it's, it's kind of a big dip off, but there are some guys who do have pro potential talking about guys like CJ Avery at middle linebacker, Dorian Etheridge at middle linebacker, potentially Marshawn Ford at tight end, maybe Cole Bentley at center. Um, there, there are some, obviously some really talented guys on the rest of the field. Uh, when you put the tape on and you look at Louisville, does anybody else stand out to you as being an NFL uh, quality player, at least for this year's draft 2021? No, I mean, I, th- I think you hit on a couple. I think that linebacking group, is really impressive on tape just in terms of their football IQ and what they can do. I think C.J. Avery definitely has a chance to get drafted uh, in the third day. I just think the toughness, the leadership, uh, his ability to go downhill to make tackles, um, I I think he's really improved this year in terms of reading a quarterback and reading what an offense is going to do. So he's a player, um, you know, I have him still pretty low on my list, uh, linebacker 40, of those eligible, but a ton of those guys are going back to school. I, I think he's a player that has a shot to get drafted. Um, and I like the other guys too. I, I think, I think uh, Rajay Burns, the, the transfer from Iowa state even has a chance. Uh, he has, he has some athletic ability. And I think when you talk third day linebackers, we see a lot of teams take 
athletic upside with production. And I think that's what he's, he's done this year. So I'd say for kind of a, you know, one year wonder um, for Louisville, I think he actually has a chance. I have him a little bit higher than Dorian Etheridge. Um, but I, I think all three of those linebackers do have a shot at getting drafted. Um, and, and then I would say Cole Bentley's the other one, just because this uh, interior offensive line class is pretty thin. Uh, so it could be a situation of a team just needing a center, needing some depth. Um, I'd say he'll probably be an undrafted free agent, but um, there, there's there's a shot. All right, let's take a, a step back here. We've talked about Louisville, obviously, with the podcast being focused on Louisville football, but let's just look at the 2021 NFL draft uh, from a 30,000-foot view. What's your biggest storyline heading into the draft right now? I, I, I think where are these quarterbacks going to go and who's going to go in the first round is going to be the buzz of this draft, right? I mean, we all know about Trevor Lawrence. He's going to go number one. We all know about Justin Fields. He's probably going number two or three. Uh, And and then I think what happens next is going to be the storyline because you really have four other quarterbacks that are contending to be first round picks. uh, And most of them bring something different to the table. I talked about Zach Wilson at the beginning um, that hasn't played that competition, but has all the physical traits and and the athletic ability that you want. I would say uh, he's probably going to be the third one off the board as long as he doesn't um, do do poorly in a bowl game or anything like that. Uh, You have, you know, Trey Lance, who I, I mentioned briefly from North Dakota state didn't play this year more of a runner than a passer. The teams take a shot on that athletic upside. I think someone will. And then you have the SEC guys, right, that have just dominated the SEC and Kyle Trask from Florida and Mac Jones from Alabama. Uh, So maybe some more physical limitations, athletic limitations. Um, So maybe there's second round picks. Maybe they sneak into the first round. I I think that's going to be the big storyline. I mean, we Six quarterbacks have gone in the first round once in the whole history of the NFL draft since 1936. Five quarterbacks have only gone in the first round twice, including Lamar Jackson here. Um, and so it's very, very rare, but this could be one of those five quarterback years. And, and uh, every year in the draft, there's always someone who goes back back on day three who ends up being a bona fide star from day one. And not a lot of people were high on him in the, in the beginning. Who is someone that is that guy this year? Who is someone that almost no one is talking about that you are extremely high on and you are willing to put stamp your name on and say, this guy can be a stud in the NFL. Just watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think you always try to identify those kind of third day players. Here's someone that's going to be really good. I think the player for me that really fits that bill is a receiver from Arkansas state, Jonathan Adams. Uh, if, if, if you watch him, like, you know, he's not obviously Arkansas state, like no one's really watching Arkansas state, but go, go and watch a, a little bit of his film. And you just see some exceptional catches, six, three, two twenty. he can move. Uh, and I mean, his range is one of the best I've seen since, maybe Odell Beckham Jr. in college football. Uh, and I'm not saying Jonathan Adams is going to be a first round <laughs> pick, but I think he, he has that ability um, that he, you know, he's come in, he's, he's, they, they just pelt him with the ball all the time. You know, the ball's going to him. He's always covered and he's always making catches. So he's one of those players that is going to go on day three because he's not a super athlete uh, and coming from a small school, but he's probably the guy I'd stamp my name on. I think he can be an NFL starter despite not having that, uh, that draft capital. And now I'm going to ask you the complete opposite. Who is someone that you're, you think is getting overhyped? I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say you're willing to declare a bust, but who is someone that's maybe getting a little bit too much hype than they should be? Maybe as a media darling is someone you think is probably not going to do as, as, as great as their billing is calling them to be. 
Um, you know, I'll go pretty big here. I think, I think it's Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama. Um, I, you know, I, I, I maybe it's just this Alabama running back bias a little bit. Right. But, um, I mean, he scares me. He scares me because he's not, uh, really great in space. He, you know, he's not someone that changes directions direction. Well, he, you know, when Javian Hawkins can be in that box and make guys miss, you know, Najee Harris, he can run through guys, but I don't think he's Derrick Henry. I don't think he's that kind of, uh, athlete with his feet. And so, uh, I think when you would put that in, uh, obviously Alabama has a really good offensive line and, you know, he runs the play. Like he does what the play asks him to do. He goes through the hole and he does really well at that. And he's tough to bring down. But I think if there's a player that's going to probably be a first round pick uh, that everyone's going to hype up, you know, this is the next Derrick Henry, this is the next, you know, ultimate back. I just wonder if he has the athletic ability to uh, do that. Cause I think at the NFL level, if you, if you aren't an athlete at running back, then you're going to have some trouble. And I think he's going to have a lot more trouble than, um, than a lot of people think. So, you know, I, I'm going pretty big here. Uh, I didn't, I didn't what's out on the question, but uh, he's probably one guy that I have some, some questions about that is going to really be um, everyone's first running back in this class. In your opinion, when you look at the ACC as a conference here and you take a step back and uh, you don't include Trevor Lawrence, you don't include ETN, who are obviously the two best players in the conference, who's the next guy? Who's the next NFL guy, like the guy that you think is going to be the biggest star from the ACC? Um, you know, I, I mean, I think uh, I'll, I'll also take out uh, Greg Rousseau as well. I think, um, you know, he, in terms of him opting out and not playing this year, um, I actually think looking at that Miami defensive line, I actually really like Jalen Phillips. I think he's a player that could be that. I think his stock is just rising up and up, you know, and, and I don't want to say Quincy Roche because he transferred from Temple, but I think Phillips who, who came in from UCLA, uh, five-star recruit. I mean, he's he's one of those players that didn't have the sack numbers early, but was always in the backfield, always making plays. We know he has the, the length and athletic ability. Uh, I think if there's a player from the ACC that we're talking about in a few years that is uh, an absolute stud, um, you know, I, I think I think it's Jalen Phillips. And I, I think this Miami team uh, as a whole is uh, has a lot of NFL prospects that are going to be really good. Um, so they're, they're definitely, after Clemson, kind of my next team, looking at this draft, that's uh, really going to make an impact. But fascinating stuff. Uh, the NFL draft, I've always said, should be a national holiday, one of the funnest days of the year. We were absolutely <laughs> robbed of missing the, the prospects take the boat on the gondola last year in Vegas. Hopefully we won't be doing the weird virtual basement draft in Roger Goodell's house this year. But uh, <laughs> Shane, thank you so much for joining the podcast. You guys can, can check out his work if you're interested in the NFL draft or just in more coverage of college football in the NFL. Um, you can check him out on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. That's a S-H-A-N-E-P-H-A-L-L-A-M. And you can also catch his work at draftsite.com. And all of his rankings are, are pinned on his Twitter account. Great follow for all of you that are interested in the NFL. Shane, thank you again for taking time out of your schedule to talk with us, man. Hopefully, uh, when the draft gets closer, we can reconnect. Yeah, let's do it again. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you so for coming much. on, man. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.